Yeah. We, we are the epitome of black female love. It's easy for us as, as black women to, to hold up the banner and the calls for everyone else. But again, who's, who holds up the banner and the calls for That we as a black church are perpetuating the mm -hmm. same behavior as a patriarchal evangelicals have been doing. Right. Hello, hello, ladies. Hello, 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 hello. hello. You all doing? We're going to start with Dr. Bradford this morning. So good to have you back with us. How are you feeling? And and how are things for you in Dallas, Texas? Things are well. It's cold. Um, I'm getting better and better each day. Um, had a bad bout of um, bronchitis. Still, still trying to trying to get through it. I guess I'm pushing myself, but I'm still still moving and still. Dodging and shaking. <laughs> Dodging and shaking. All right. With yes, that, Dr. White, let's move on to you. How are you? Like that hairstyle different. And, and you, you're not in Kansas right now, I think. We're not in Kansas anymore. Okay. <laughs> no, I actually on uh, yesterday we celebrated my brother in love's homegoing service and uh, unfortunately the timing was so crazy I ended up flying uh, out shortly after to come to Florida to be with my sister who is uh, was due to have surgery this morning and so um, weather's a little different but it ain't exactly hot here in Florida either but I'm just I'm just grateful other than that you know it is well it is well. We are maintaining. Good to see you all. You yeah. said it's not hot, but you all had Miami playing. Was it before the wind chilled in negative 11 degrees or something? But and it's about that right there. Um, <laughs> my question is this. My question is this. Since we own that, how is it that you go to somebody else's field you watch them on the field a few minutes, then they jog into the 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 uh, locker room. We said but you about gonna prove a point. No, I'm talking about Miami and the Chiefs. Yeah, y'all want to prove a point, so y'all stay out there in that cold. That that made no sense to me. Y'all didn't take the hint. Oh, okay. when the Chiefs ran in, I ran in right behind them to my <laughs> locker room. Oh. So, I have one question. Who do you mm -hmm. think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Mm. Oh, you asking girl. right? Girl, girl, girl. You asking girl, right girl. question? You know that, because what about them Chiefs? Oh. Uh, they almost uh, lost uh, Sunday, uh, I think. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I think you better check that score. I don't think it this time, right? But, but, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. We done been two, three times, right? And so your point about about the Super Bowl this year is what twenty twenty four Super Bowl. Right. I mean, what, we can go again. We can go again. 
I don't think you're gonna make it this time, babe. I show hate it. What I would like to see is you know, and, and and right, you know that that I I I I like Kansas City, but it's something about that Lamar Jackson story for for you know it's just it's something it's something about that LJ story coming up. I would love to see Detroit in there. I would love to see him in there, but um, I really would love to see my my Lions in there, but I don't think they're going to make it either. I think it's going to be between San Francisco and Baltimore. Mm. <laughs> I we'll think see. so. We'll see. But I would love to see my Detroit Lions in there. Yeah, I, and you know that I love Kansas City, but I think Lamar oh. Jackson has a has a chip on his story. I mean, a big chip on his on his shoulder, um, mm. because oh. even now in all that he's done. There's still these commentators that question his quarterback abilities and say he should be a wide receiver, even though, you know, and and um, and so I just I just think the chip on his shoulder might be a little bit larger, but I it's, it's going to be a good game. I look forward to seeing it. Absolutely. 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 Well, I'll be looking for the commercials if I watch it. Listen, girl, you better sit next to your husband and play armchair quarterback. No, no Monica Renee, um, her team beat Miami. Oh, oh she didn't know. Oh, oh, she she going with the Ravens. That's what Miss Monica says. She going with the Ravens. <coughs> Baltimore sounds like Baltimore to me. Mm. So, Dr. Wallace, how, how are you doing on this this fine Tuesday? Cool weather here, uh, bordering on cold. Oh, wow. uh, we uh, came through 13 degrees and now probably today high of 48. So it's been cold here. Um, not nearly as cold as it is in Iowa, um, but uh, for various I reasons. Turn <laughs> up differently. But I, but I am grateful that one person dropped out of the race. I'm that I'm truly, truly grateful for, because uh, that brother dangerous, in my opinion. Well, yeah. But then it's he so, turns around. Then ahead. he turns around and does the dumb endorsement, though. <laughs> I mean, it's chilly. I think he's hoping for vice president. He and Haley are are are, are vying for vice president. Um, I, I was upset with Tim Scott and his um, lack of reality. Mm, 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 mm. My. Okay. my, 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 my. Um, I, I, I'm just not going to spend any time, um, on, 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 you know, when, when a country and its people show you their colors, um, oh. you just, you accept it for, for what it is and, and attempt to do your best. Um, if, unless you are in agreement with what it is that they show you. So, um, before we bring our guest um, back, um, from backstage, Dr. Gina Stewart at the <gasps> National Baptist Convention. Oh, the joint, the joint, <laughs> yes. yes, all yes. of us 
same room. What um you all? What about that? That what 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 about Doctor Stewart on today? What? Come on. I, I what believe she made a believer out of some black men. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, and just made as it did us proud as women. As for sure, always, she always it. does. I mean, she doesn't know any other way to do it. I, absolutely, but bring it. She That's brings it. She is. Um, no matter what what space she's in, she's going to do what thus says the Lord. No matter what, um, whatever, um, all women, all men, it doesn't matter. Um, God, God will preach through her. Period. And right. God, just that today, God was with that woman of God. Do you hear me? Absolutely. You know, there's a Good. saying that the old people say, swear to your own hurt and change not. Mm. Even when you see it before you, you so stuck on your stuff, okay. you don't want to give, you don't want to acknowledge God in the midst. Mm. That's a, that's a hard place. I don't ever want to be there. Hmm. For those of you who are viewing with us and perhaps you've not had an opportunity to to um, see this, we're going to drop the link in the chat so that you can go and uh, view this um, at your own kind of leisure of Dr. Gina Stewart at um, preaching in an area that has um, been very, very open about not being open uh, to women. <laughs> Let's <laughs> start at one, um, one point zero nine. <laughs> Forget all the preliminaries and just go right to the preach word. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's right there. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. That right there. Yes. I'm proud of her. But what one of the things I did say, hey, and I I use these words. Ain't no way you can sit. While that's going on, there was no way you could sit during that. Ah. Unless the oh, spirit on. of God ain't nowhere near you. Unless. Come on. Ichabod. Mm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> See, but I think in that you're making the assumption that when sometimes they have stood, that it's been the spirit of God with them. But that's a whole nother story. Look, and I'm not. <laughs> Definitely not saying that because you must know the difference. Discernment yeah. has to be in place. Yeah, absolutely so. Absolutely so. Wow, Dr. Wright, will you introduce our guest for us on backstage, please? Absolutely, I would love to. To our viewing audience, we are excited on this evening to introduce to some, present to others, Dr. T. Nicole Spies. She is a phenomenal young woman of God. She is a, an author. She is a pastor, um, has pastored several in several places. And oh my God, she has a testimony, a testimony to behold. I'm going to read her bio to you. Um, and uh, it says, Dr. T. Nicole, Dr. T. Sp Nicole Spies is a, a native of Taft, Oklahoma where she received her spiritual foundation and love for God and his people. She currently resides in Jackson, Mississippi, with her husband, Pastor Dr. J.W.T. Spies. Dr. T. is a licensed and ordained minister, author, entrepreneur, licensed marriage and, and family therapist, and nationally board-certified counselor. Mm -hmm. Dr. T. is the owner and operator of 
Hope Family Counseling, LLC, where she is known as the Therapist of Hope, founder of uh, Women of Wisdom Ministry, Incorporated, and the I Am She Saved, Healed, and Empowered Movement. Dr. T works diligently with women, adolescents, families, utilizing her counseling skills to help them overcome obstacles that hinder happiness and mental wellness in their lives. She is the author of Free to Be Me and the co-author of Strength and Dignity Women's Devotional, which both promote the growth, mental and spiritual well-being of women. She has a great desire to see the wounded spirits of women healed. This desire prompted her to develop teachings to help women overcome the brokenness they have experienced in their life and their ministry series saved healed and empowered and it goes on the list goes on but without further ado it is my privilege my pleasure to introduce to some present to others dr t nicole spies hello woman of god how are you mm -hmm. i'm wonderful it is such a pleasure to be here with you ladies on tonight thank you for the invitation i have had the opportunity to watch the show since you first told me about it way early in the year when we met down in Muskogee at conference and y'all y'all be doing y'all thing and yeah i'm a little country i'm from oklahoma and now i'm in mississippi so i got a little twang and swang in me <laughs> and just Dr. with you it's all right it's all right <laughs> yes because one of the things that we are is very transparent very real and you know, we were at a point we were asking people how are you surviving in these COVID streets. Well, now COVID is is starting to kick up again, and some other things is coming mm -hmm. out with it. The RSV and some other little uh, coughing and chills and symptoms. So, how you handling it? How you managing? Are you with people all the time? Well, COVID was a beautiful thing and a scary thing all in the same time because I was. 100 brick and mortar. I didn't think you could do therapy over a computer or a telephone. You needed to be face to face with people because I'm a people person. I need to feel your energy and see your movements. And then COVID happened and I was like, I'm not doing it. And then the bills piled up and I said, I guess I will do it. And you know, it changed my whole life. <laughs> it changed my whole life. And so it opened up an opportunity because when we moved to Mississippi, uh, we lived in Paris, Texas. And of course, anybody understand that area. It's right on the border of Oklahoma and Texas. And so I was working in Hugo because I grew up in rural Oklahoma and I know what it was like not to have access to mental health care. And so, you know, we left and I left a whole bunch of clients behind because I came to Mississippi. I couldn't practice, you know, but the virtual counseling and the way they put so many uh, different statutes in place for us to be able to practice across state lines it made it beautiful. And I just decided, let's not rock the boat. Let's not go get no bills. Let's not go get no building. Let's go ahead and keep doing it like we're doing it and stay compliant and do what we got to do to help people. And so now I get to help those people have access to mental health care in those areas in rural Oklahoma and in Mississippi that, that want it. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. How wow. long have you been in Mississippi, in Jackson? Four and a half beautiful years. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's another that's thing. Like we don't on that Jackson. Jackson is definitely a God-ordained position because when my husband told me that we were moving to Mississippi, I said, God ain't told me that. 
I'm going to stay right here in Paris, Texas with my babies. My daughter was in her senior year of high school, too. I said, look, I'm not going nowhere till this girl graduate. Then she graduated and she's in the military. So it was off to AIT for her because she joined the military early. And I was like, Lord, now I ain't got no more excuses not, not to go to Jackson. And so I yielded and came to Jackson. And we had, an ex we had God did what he did. And in July, we founded Praise Tabernacle Ministries Church and started out with 75 people. God has blessed us. We are now bet about at 125, 130. And he just keeps on doing great things, you know. Awesome. Awesome. The vehicle he used to get us there, I'm like, Lord, you could have just said go down there and store the church, but that's okay because we had to learn some lessons in that. It was good book material, let me say that. I love it. I love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Dr. T, I don't want to devalue everything that you have done, but um, I just want you to share with us a little bit. You recently um, been put in a place to where um, not only did you have to pour, but you know, oftentimes we pour, but we don't get to receive. Dr. Wallace uh, recently lost, uh, she lost her sister a few months back and it was a, it was a very hard time for her. You know, I lost my brother in love here just recently, but um, I want you to just share a little bit about what the experience that you just had recently um, when in preparation for the show? Well, actually a month ago to the day, uh, one of my daughters in the Lord in Paris, Texas passed away. Mm. I was in the process of moving into a new home. We lived in Byron, Mississippi, which is a suburb of Jackson. And we had to be out of that house by the first. And so I was like, Lord, please just let her hold on. But she told me uh, at Thanksgiving, I'm not going to make it till Christmas. I want you to come do what you do at the service for my funeral. So I was like, oh God, and her daughter called, she passed. So me and my husband are in preparation, trying to move this entire house by ourselves. And I'm conversing back and forth with my mom and dad because they were coming to Mississippi with us after we left Paris. We were going to go up there and pick them up, bring them down because we officially installed, we got officially installed as pastors on last Sunday. Well, in the process of that, on the 28th, I had talked to my dad early that morning. He was cutting up, clowning like he does. And my mom called me and said, um, we're in the ER with your dad. He can't breathe. And I was like, what? And so I'm like, okay, so what are you saying? And I said, well, just, you know, I'm calling you on video. Let me see him. And I see him and my dad is, um, they had a CPAP on him at this time because he pulled um, the nasal oxygen off. He couldn't take the mask. He was, you know, uh, having anxiety with the mask on. So they put the CPAP on him and his heart was in distress. And so they said, uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to intubate him because otherwise, you know, with his heart being distressed as it is, he could pass away. Well, they did all of that. And I was talking to my mom and she was like, well, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I called my aunt and I said, Tell me the truth, because my parents will downplay, oh, it's a procedure. And you done had a whole major surgery. So my aunt was like, I've known your daddy. He's been in his family over 50 years. I watched him go through his kidney failure. I watched him go through a transplant. I've never seen him like this. 
So my sister called me from Atlanta. She was like, I'm headed to Jackson. Have a bag ready because I'm not getting out. I'm pulling up. You jumping in and we going. And that's what we did. And we drove all night. We got to Tulsa that morning when I walked through the doors. My mom said, you need to make a decision. And I was looking at my daddy like this time yesterday, he was clowning and acting crazy. What do you mean? Make a decision. And so collectively, me and my siblings and my mom, we made that choice and he went on to be with the Lord. And so I left my husband in Mississippi to move a house by itself. And I planned the funeral and with my, you know, we, we planned the funeral. I eulogized my daddy and, you know, we're here today. Not this past Sunday, but Sunday before last was the first time I actually shedded a tear. Mm-hmm. I actually had a time to cry mm-hmm. for my dad. And I told my husband, I started to come over and push you off your or- off that organ like the five heartbeats up there playing. I should wear a crown. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> don't play that song. Because now I got to feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm an avid believer of when you feel what you feel, feel it. Process it. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to put it in a box because if you do... That sucker will explode on you and it don't care where you're at, what you got going on, it's all going to come out. And so it, this was difficult because I, I messaged Dr. Wright. I'm like, I am so sorry. My life been lifing and it's not that I forgot about this. It's just like, where's the time? Where's the time? So I think I've been in my house. Maybe I've been here a week. I slept in it for the first time a week ago, almost two weeks. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. I slept in my house for the first time, had a whole brand new house, didn't even know what it felt like to sleep in it. So I had a bunch of new once I got back to this place. I was in a new environment, so I couldn't sleep. I'm like, oh, God, I got to get used to this house. My dad wasn't blowing up my phone every 15 minutes. What you doing? I'm working. What do you think I'm doing? I'm out watering the dog and (laughs) playing with the cat. And so I'm just in a real different place in, in my life. But long story short, because I know we are on limited time. My dad had kidney, chronic kidney failure while my mother was pregnant with me. My dad literally died and an old Baptist minister came in there, laid his hands on my daddy and the machines started back beeping. When I was eight years old, he got his kidney transplant. The, one of the first five that they had did in Tulsa at the time. And the doctor said, you have 15 years. Well, I'm going to say this. This was in the 80s. Hmm. We're in 2024. Well, it was 23 when he passed away. So let me tell you the math. 15 years, no issues with the kidney at all. He had his kidney for 40 years. So that's how I get through this. I thank God you didn't let me grow up without a daddy. I could have grew up without a father. And when I tell you, when I say daddy, I had a daddy. And I was a daddy's girl. So this has been a hard transition, but I'm allowing myself the time and space and getting therapy. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Like we ain't, I'm a whole therapist and we'll go to therapy in a minute. I was like, you need to cry. You need to grieve. I said, I'm gonna let y'all do all that because y'all ain't gonna go to therapy. I don't already called my therapist and was like, like five minutes after he passed, my dad just passed. I'm gonna need you and I'm gonna need you soon. So it's, it's difficult, but I'm here. Like I said, today is a good day. Today has been a really good day. Wow. In hearing that, it, I think it is so important what you just said. You said, you know, my, my dad passed and I immediately called my therapist. Many times I think where we miss it is we assume that 
we got it. Mm -hmm. Or because we are who we are, we've been forced to carry it, deal with it, fight through it to make sure everybody else is okay. When it comes down the pipes at our house, how do we be okay? And so it's, it's, it's important that you said that. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, I know that you've also written two books. One of the books was yes, free to be me. Um, yes. And then the second one you co-authored with another individual. And um, tell us a little bit about uh, free to be me. What well, freedom. Well, my own journey, again, everything that I do, I'm putting it through the test personally. I don't believe in giving nobody something just because I read it in a book and got a degree. And I realized way early in my career that the way that book said to do therapy don't apply to us real well. Mm-hmm. Some of it needs a little bit of shifting and needs to be challenged, but we're not going to get there because that's not what you asked me. So what prompted me to write Free to Be Me was my own journey. I had lived in a shadow of people pleasing my entire life. I had got pregnant when I was 14, had my first child when I was 15, and it broke my daddy's heart. And he was like, well, you can't be a doctor now. Go to school, do something practical, become a nurse. So I went to nursing school. It didn't last. (laughs) And it was I spent the next probably decade trying to do what I thought everybody else thought I should do and be who everybody else thought I should be. And then I get married to a preacher and I become the pastor's wife. And and now I'm the pastor's wife and I'm the mother and I'm now the grandmother. And, and, and so this is years of buildup of not feeling free to express who I was, to make choices without having to get other people's permission to do me. And it was like, once I started working on myself, I looked at it through a lens of how many of us are trapped in chains that other people created for us. We're living lives based upon what grandma said or what mama said or what daddy said or what auntie and them said, that this is who you should be. So if you do this, then that means, you know, you're good, you're okay, you can be accepted. And once I got in that spotlight of the pastor's life, well, I grew up in a Baptist church, but once I found Jesus for myself, I was in a non-denominational church, all free and just, ooh, all of this. And then I get in bed with a Baptist preacher who ain't believe in no woman preaching, who was like, what's all this y'all got? I go play for women pastors. I will do audit, but uh-uh. And then God put one in the bed with him and changed his whole mind. <laughs> <laughs> liberated him you hear me liberated him real well right and so you know but I go into those settings he was free but we went into settings where people were not free their minds were not free and so now they expected me to come in here with this big old hat I'm like have you seen my hair baby I don't wear them hats you're not gonna have me walking around here looking like leprechaun in the hood no and no disrespect to the ladies that love the hats because I see some beautiful mothers in hats but that wasn't for me you know, I can go to church in a track suit in my gym shoes and we're going to shout the balls down and we're going to see Jesus. I wasn't ready for all this stuff and this image that they were trying to create. And I will tell you, I was a miserable pastor's wife 
four years because I was trying to fit in this image. When I preach, I teach, but then there are days I can preach hard like they were saying, this is what they were saying. You preach hard like a man. You don't have to, you can do it softly. And I'm like, what that look like? I, I, I don't know how to operate softly. What does that mean? What are you saying? And so that's what inspired me to be free because I was like, I had got to a point in my life where I'm miserable. I am losing it. I need to get free. And I did my work. And as I was doing my work and then working with others while I'm doing my work, I started creating all of this material and I hired a business coach at the end of 2019. And she was like, well, what is one of the biggest challenges that you, you know, are having right now in your business? And I said, well, I don't know if this is really in my business, but this is something I've been trying to do and I can't do it. And she asked and I told her what it was. And she says, go through everything you've created for your clients. Go through everything you've worked on for yourself. Your book is already written. You just got to figure out how to put it together. And mm. I sit down and she said, um, the book will be released December 31st. I said, now, wait a minute. Hold on. This is this is no, November the 15th. How is that supposed to happen? She said, you already got it, bro. Put it together. And so I became a self-published author in 2019. And right after that, I was called um, by Dr. Timothy Jones out of Texarkana, Arkansas. And he said, hey, I'm working on a women's devotional and I'm getting a collective group of pastors, wives, and women preachers, and just women who love God. I want to do this devotional. And that's how that one popped up. So God just opened up the door and I ran with it. And now I get people calling me, you know, oh my God. Or when I go home, they'll say, I got your book and it changed my life. And I've been through it three or four times because if I feel like I'm getting off track, I go back and I go through the steps. So that's how it is. It's 21 days basically, of manualized therapy, which I was a hater of that too. I'm just telling you, you got to be free to change your mind in order to elevate and be successful and grow. And yeah. most folks don't want to do that. So I'm telling you, from COVID to now, a whole lot of stuff got changed in my own thinking on how to operate in this realm I'm in now. Mm. Awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Which part of the book stands out for you the most? What's the most important well, line? The art of saying no. Uh, that needs an adjective no. in front of it. And 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 it was in my head. I was saying it, but you know, for for branding's sake, I was just gonna keep that to myself. But yeah, exactly that. No, no, that is the most important part of the book, and that's found in about week three, and then it goes for seven days, helping you build up the skill to be able to look people square in the eye and say, no, it is okay. You got to give yourself permission to tell folks no. Because if you don't tell people no, they will zap everything you got and then be mad at you when you can't show up for them the next time because you ain't got nothing left in you. Mm. Pouring from an empty cup. I do not allow people to get anything out of my cup. If there's some drops that's falling out, that's what you get. You get what falls out. You're not going to get what's in it. <laughs> because once the cup, cup is empty, then I don't have anything to operate with. Awesome. Wow. That's that's powerful. So what they're going to get is the drops because you've got to save something in the cup for you. Wow. 
All of this is mine. I'm not giving you none. I'm not sharing. But because I'm continuously pouring into myself, I'm going to overflow. Mm. And so that's what I'm going to work with for you. But what's in the cup is for me. And, and see, here's the problem that I had with the church, right? Because I'm saying in this book, you put yourself first. Oh. They ain't like that. <laughs> you put yourself first. Choose you. Oh, no. I said, y'all quit misinterpreting and reading these scriptures and making them fit you. Understand. Because you want me to just keep going till I die? Because I told my husband, I said, I know we started this church. My husband just turned 62 and I'm 48. I said, let me tell you something. If the good Lord take you home, I'm not promising you that I'm going to stay here in Jackson and pastor this church. So we need to groom somebody that we're going to set in place because I'm not going to pastor myself to death with people mm -hmm. who don't want to grow and go for God. Baby, I will get on the evangelism road, give me a 10. I go, oh, so y'all, give me an RV and be out there doing me. That's why I said these kids need to come on up because one, one of them is a preacher. I'm like, I know you don't like Jackson, but we ain't going to just throw your daddy's legacy to anybody. Now, if the Lord tell me to stay, oh. I'll stay obedient. But if the Lord don't tell Tina Cole Spies to stay in Jackson, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, Dr. T, what would you say is the hardest task to accomplish being a black woman in ministry when learning to embrace who you are as your authentic true self? What's getting what's past the opinion of people? Mm, that's good. Because that's where I was stuck. What are they going to say? about me? How do they view me? How is that going to impact the image of my husband? Is he going to get kicked out the brother circle? Oh. They're going to stop calling him for revivals. Are they going to stop inviting him to preach? If I walk in my authentic, true self. Wow. And when we started this church, my husband, he just straight up told me, he said, we pastor this church. We're never going through that again, where somebody minimizes you so much and push you so far in the background and apologize. He said, because I let it happen. Mm, my God. That my for God. me was the biggest thing ever. I'm like, oh, we good. Like you, my boo till Jesus come, boy, we good. Cause you acknowledged. <laughs> Cause that's all I've been waiting on. I've just been waiting on that acknowledgement. Really I was sitting over here shaking like I was going through withdrawals because let me explain something. We moved from Paris, Texas, where I had an active women's ministry, active role. I We were standing side by side in ministry at a church. Mm -hmm. I had successful counseling service going on. My kids were there and my grandbabies, honey, walking away from them was like pulling my soul out. I walked mm -hmm. away from all of that and came to a place where I was silenced, set mm -hmm. off to the side mm -hmm. and barely even acknowledged Elaborate on that. Mm. Honey, <laughs> the place where we were had only had three pastors in its existence, and my husband was the third. Um, and it was, we're in Mississippi, we're in the South, okay? And so you can imagine the mindset of some men in this area. Not all. So I don't want to make it seem like every man in Jackson is, is a chauvinist, but I needed to know my place. And I didn't know what that looked like because what's my place? 
My place is beside my husband. My place is where God has placed me. I know the oil that's in me. Mm, and if come you on. just let it lean, if you just let some of it come out, we can get some deliverance and some freedom in here. Mm -hmm. But because of whatever isms or schisms they had, bless their hearts, it wasn't allowed. And I kind of slipped into a place that I did not want to be. I'm just 100% transparent. Lord, I felt like I had backslid because the thoughts and the things that I wanted to do to these people because I was so miserable was not good. And so I took myself literally from the, I told my husband, I said, I need a sabbatical. I have to sit out and go somewhere where he was preaching the word of God every Sunday, you know, but I'm sitting up here battling demons. I'm in warfare for him because mm. I'm here in my ear talking while he up trying to minister the word of God and I got to still sit there and smile wow. and act like they ain't saying nothing behind my head all that kind of stuff wow. it's true wow. Wow. wow but the grace and the mercy of God that's when I know I will tell you this though if I ever questioned my salvation and if God had me that was the testing ground to prove because my flesh was I'm ready to turn around and I would open my mouth and nothing would come out that I wanted to say that was in my head. Wow. Jackson is a hard place to be. It's a hard yeah. place. I yeah. lived, I was there three years and I had to, it's, I had to get up out of there. It was so <laughs> conservative. It was mm. so, oh my goodness. It was too. It was too much for me. But I'm. I'm happy yes. you've been there four, four and a half years. I. I, I applaud you. I could. And breaking down walls. You hear me? God is is breaking down walls. My my husband just received the Charles Ever Trailblazer Award at our Martin Luther King celebration. He's won um, Jackson Music Awards Pastor of the Year twice. You know because we're not going to be stopped. We're going to keep doing what God has called us to do, and. Now that some new things have been transpiring, we're getting ready to do some initiatives mm -hmm. to try to help stop some of this gun violence down here. Because these babies, it's, it's, the, it's the mental health. It's, mm -hmm. It is the trauma of poverty oh. that is creating Oof. the mess that we got here in Jackson. Yes. Yep. Because we ain't going to talk about how long it took me to get some license here <laughs> to be able to practice mental health. We're not even going to talk about that. Yes, my God, you're, you're exactly. Oh my God, that is so, so true. There are way there are more African Americans in the state of Mississippi than there are people of other hues, and yet Anywhere. people of other hues continually, continually run the state because we don't vote. We wow. don't vote in that state and that's that's i'm not gonna get up and run because i don't want my background to mess up it's just almost maybe get up and run around my office so and, but and let, me, let me ask this question though is it that yes. blacks don't vote or is it um them having redistrict in such a way that that when blacks do vote that they have found a way that their votes cannot matter on a larger scale i think it's explain both. to me how you know we're getting ready to vote for a governor and we have a great candidate running as in the Democratic Party, but you have multiple polling places run out of ballots before noon. Mm -hmm. Wow. In areas that are predominantly black. Mm -hmm. 
And it didn't matter that they ran out of ballots because guess what? When the poll closed, you still didn't get to cast your vote. So we're not going to talk about how many people did not get to vote in our last gubernatorial election. That's a whole nother ballgame. Because it it was to me, I'm like, how does that? I've never heard of this. How does this even happen? Now I come from Oklahoma, born and raised in Oklahoma, and we got our we got we got some stuff in Oklahoma. But the things that I've seen in Mississippi are kind of like, have I stepped back in time in some areas? It's just it's wow. really and there are some amazing African Americans doing great things here in Brilliant. Jackson. Brilliant. It's like there Brilliant. needs to be a spotlight on all of this wonderfulness that's going on, but it's overshadowed by so much craziness. It's just overshadowed by so much craziness. I mean, when my husband said we're moving into the city of Jackson, I was like, so you're going to get me a complete field tracing system for our house, for the water, because you know every two days it's a boil. <laughs> I can't be sitting up here scared to brush my teeth. And I'm going to tell wow. you, I have a six pack of water in each of my bathrooms. So depending on where I'm at to brush my teeth, I can rinse with bottled water because I feel good. My water. God. Mm. My God. My God. Wow. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. That's Say more lot. about the mental health of of people you've met um, and how what is your strategy for uh, helping African-Americans in Mississippi who find themselves in the trauma of poverty? Empathy. Hmm. Hit it coming to them on their level, meeting them right where they are. Because let me tell you, if you, it's just like going into a doctor's office. Years and years ago, I was on a weight loss journey and we were in Paris, Texas, and I went into a doctor's office and he came in, he ain't introduced himself, nothing, first visit, looked at this little chart, looked at me, looked at this little chart. He said, you are morbidly obese and you will die from a heart attack before you're 50. Everything that man asked me after that, I lied because I was just ready to get out that room. And I went straight to Brahms and got me a big old thing of ice cream <laughs> and some french fries. I was like, well, I'm dying anyway. I'm about to die happy. Because I, was, I felt humiliated. I felt judged, criticized, and embarrassed. I don't care if you can smell like weed from here to yonder. I'm going to still hold your hand and talk to you. And let's, let's talk about what's really going on. Let's, let's talk about why you are doing, why are you lashing out like this? Why, why, what, 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 why are you so mad? They just did that. I said, okay, I can accept that, but let's get, what, what, what's home like? Like, where are your parents? What, what are you doing? And, and cause my thing is we got to get these young people. Some of these old people are, they sit in their ways. They don't want to change, you know, wow. to deal with clients who, you know, I got to go to find some kind of therapist because the court said I need therapy. But, well, we going to do anger management or we just going to sit here because I'm going to get a check either way it goes. <laughs> I'm going to get my check. You can sit here and be quiet. I'll work on my notes because I'm going to get my check. Mm -hmm. But the heart of me is empathetic because I want to change. But I learned a long time ago I will never work harder than my clients are willing to work because that will kill me. Oh. I'm not going to do that. That's the same thing in church. Mm -hmm. I'm not working harder than you want to work. You can come to the altar every Sunday and we can lay hands and we can minister to you. But if you ain't trying to put no effective change in, don't call me at five o'clock in the morning and you done let Pee Wee back in the house and he went upside your head and we done been, just went through everything to get him separated from you. And you chose that. See, that's a whole other segment too. Been there, done that. So that's the approach because some of these kids have been to therapy because the courts have said you have to go to therapy. 
And what happens is they don't usually get a therapist that looks like me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when they approach it, they approach it from I'm doing therapy the way the book taught me in school, and that's going to work for this person. And then instead of encouraging them and giving them the tools, because it's a mindset that we got to work on, I'm like, you're a whole therapist, you know that. We got to deconstruct, we got to make them, you know, well, mm -hmm. not make them, but help them unlearn some behaviors. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I should just be able to tell you when you should just do. It doesn't work like that. Wow. Especially when every example you have seen before you has been a certain way. Right. Wow. And That's trauma real. is real. We it, it's real. We have I, I I think it's been downplayed in so many, so many ways and 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 you need to go just go on with your life. Just go on. Yeah. It's not that easy. It's not, not that easy based upon the things that people are experiencing and they're going through. And mm -hmm. I I remember so many times I would see a movie and in my mind I'm thinking, mm, that couldn't have been me because I would have done X, Y, Z. You don't know. Until it's you, you do not know. Until it's you. Absolutely. And I try to make sure I work with people with similar lived experiences, but before I do, I always make sure I'm good and healed. I've been doing trauma... Uh, trauma therapy. I've been doing grief therapy for years, but now that I've been in my own grief, I've taken a step back, reevaluated some stuff because it's getting mm -hmm. different. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see why I had such a hard time with this client because this right here is a different type of grief. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. do you find that um, African-American women have higher um, trauma rates, are exposed to trauma uh, at a greater number than African-American men? It's, it's, I will say it's a higher rate, but the reality of it, it's running so close. The margin is not that different because here's the, the reality. Where we may get an opportunity to say it, they have been trying to just push it in, deal with it. You ain't the first. But we've been taught that too. But we're, we, we are evolving because when I look at my therapy room, I see more African-American women willing to say, hey, this is what I have held in. You know, I had one lady, she was in her 70s and said, I've never told a soul this. So for all of these years, You've carried that you were molested and you done went through all of this stuff. And now at 70, wow, you realize that I need to be free from can you imagine carrying something that long and not getting help for it? Hmm. And she said, I see, you know, what my trauma has done to my daughters. Oh. Hmm. And she didn't deal with it. She didn't talk about it because, you know, y'all know the motto. What goes on in this house stays in this house. Right. 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 And I've, I've, had, I've heard, you know, women who were younger, uh, especially I, I'm, I'm not that old. Ain't had that much life experience, but I had enough. But I've ran across people that said, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk about that. I got in trouble for even saying that this happened to me. And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Yes. I get it. Wow. So when we when we look at 
the women versus the men trauma, I, like I said, the margin is probably fine, but we have to think about what's being acknowledged and reported because trauma is trauma. And, you know, if it's not some big chaotic thing where the world and blew up and somebody and got shot, killed or died, we don't want to classify it as trauma. But see, the way I look at trauma is totally different. And so I make sure that I educate my class on, okay, baby, if this disrupted your peace and it hurt you, and that thing is causing you not to be able to function. That's trauma. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, right. That right. is so true. Wow. Dr. T, I, I thank you so very much. We are coming down. Um, we have a few minutes left. Just, you know, if you want to share something with us, uh, you want to tell us about your book, where we can get the book. Um, I didn't, we didn't even get on the second book, but that's okay. Want to share that with us as well and tell them where they can get hold of the book. Definitely, definitely. You can go to Amazon and get both books, Free to Be Me by Dr. Tina Cole Spice. Now, make sure you look for the book cover where you see the lady with the chains around her neck and those chains are breaking because there's a whole bunch of people that wrote books called Free to Be Me. So make sure it's Dr. Tina Cole Spice. We don't want to get it confused. You can go support them other people, but I want to make sure you get this because I promise you it will definitely impact and change your life. The other book is called Strength and Dignity. It's a 40-day devotional for women, and you can find that also on Amazon. And I'm telling you that 40 day devotional, it is a little bit different than your basic women's devotion because we are hitting real issues, dealing with real emotions. And it's one for every day for 40 days, helping you transform. So both of these books can encourage you and will encourage you. I want to encourage you also to take some time out for you, create some boundaries because boundaries they are not for other people. They're for you. Learn how to create boundaries for yourself. Those are the hardest ones to keep, too, is the ones that I'm going to create for myself. That goes wow. back to that artist saying, no, I cannot express it enough, especially to us as women. We have neglected our lives and ourselves because we walk around with that motto, especially if you're a mother. I may not do what I want to do, but I'm always going to do what I got to do take care of these babies, to take care of my husband, to take care of this man. It's okay to do all that, but don't forget to take care of number one because who's going to take care of them if you don't take care of you? And you go on and be with Jesus or wherever you're going. Because stress will kill you. It's killing us. Walking around here with high blood pressure and high cholesterol and we're going to take everybody to their doctor's appointment. But we miss oh. out. Wow. We're going to wow. make sure Big Mama Nim gone. We're going to make sure husband and kids is going. But you've been had the same pain for five years and you still haven't went and had it checked out. And then by the time you go, you got stage for cancer. Come on. We got to do better, women. Absolutely. We talking about embracing ourselves, learning how to, to be who we are and embrace me. We got to do it on every level. We have to do it on every level. Stop neglecting you. I was a person that was a workaholic and going to take care of everything and everybody. Honey, I tell my husband, I don't care who don't get paid once a year. You taking me out of this country. We going somewhere. <laughs> no, that's right. We on a boat. We on a plane. We going somewhere. Because I, I work for this. I deserve this. Everybody else enjoy my money. No. We have to stop. Stop selling yourself short, ladies. We, we got to do better. 
We got to wow. do better. That's all I've got to say. That's all I got to say. Now, if you want, if you are interested in therapy, I am licensed in tech uh, in Oklahoma and Mississippi. You can go to the website and that's hopefamcounseling.com and we can get you set up and get you the help you need to get you on the right path. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all those wonderful places. And, 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 and that's going to be Spies, T. Nicole, that's S-P-I-E-S-T-N-I-C-H-O-L-E. You can follow us on all of those networks and follow us because we, we go through and we do a little teaching sometime. We, you know, try to throw out some encouragement. I just want to see us be better, Amen. not just as women, but us as a whole. It's time for us to be better and stop putting our mental health on the back burner. Thank you all yeah. so much for having me. It has been Amen. awesome. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Spies, will you give the um, web address again for your counseling, please? That's going to be Hope, H-O-P-E, FAM, F-A-M, counseling.com. Go ahead, Dr. Burns. I'm sorry. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. God bless you. We will see you on next week. Um, be sure to put your likes and shares and all that good stuff. And uh, Dr. Burns, who's our guest next week? Your guest, it, it is Sharita. My kids. Ah, Sharita Heron. Oh my God. This girl is off the chain. You would truly, truly be blessed. This girl moved from Beverly Hills and inherited some land in Arkansas and has turned into the original Miss Douglas. So you will be excited to hear her talking about the legacy of the land. Mm -hmm. well, thank you. All of you all on today, if you're blessed by our guest on today, she can read it in the chat. Please just put it in there. I'm in the chat. Um, what she shared with us is tremendously awesome. We have to have her back. Just put it in their heart, love, come back, come back, come back. And we bless God um, for all of you for being with us on today. And um, the same thing, um, God blesses us on next week. We look to see you on next week, same time. Bye-bye. Thank you.